Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. This week we have part two of our ongoing conversation with Dalton Jones and Jessica Vick of Southern Souls Paranormal. If you haven't heard uh, part one, where they go into a lot of the ins and outs of uh, doing haunting investigations, their philosophy in setting up groups, uh, how they determine who they're going to investigate, things like that, and their personal background, stop what you're doing right now, back up, and listen to part one. It was a great conversation, and part two will make a lot more sense if you hear part one first. So, give you just a moment to listen to that. And three, two, one. Okay, so you're back. Now you've listened to part one. Great. Um, in part two, uh, we go into a lot of uh, darker areas. They talk about some of the more negative experiences that they've had uh, during some investigations, some upcoming investigations. Uh, we go into some more of their philosophy with putting together groups and what they look for in investigations. And also, as a special treat, we've got several EVPs that they have collected from some of their investigations that we go over. And these guys have an incredible, incredible collection of EVPs. And these are some of their best ones. So you guys are in for a special treat with that. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into part two of our conversation with Dalton Jones and Jessica Vick of Southern Souls Paranormal. So I know Jessica kind of mentioned about negative entities and demons, things like that. Have you guys had any, any run-ins specifically with any kind of negative entities or what would you say is the most memorable experiences that you've had during, during investigations, I guess would be a better question. Well, I'll, I'll start off with this one. Uh, this was back when my, my previous two investigators were with me. We went to a house in Trinity, Alabama, and it was we it was about two or three hours into the investigation. Uh, and I was in the bedroom. I was with my one of my investigators. I'll just call them Jane Doe and John Doe. Uh, I was with Jane Doe, and uh, I, I felt nauseous. And you know, it's like I had to sit down. So I sat down in the middle of the floor. And then I laid back, and then my chest started burning. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I sat there for, you know, about 30, 45 more seconds, and it just keeps getting more intense. So I'm like, hey, Jane Doe, uh, do you have a flashlight on you? Uh, and she said no. I said, well, uh, she, she actually had a digital steel camera. I said, well, here, take a picture of this and use the flash, which at the time we didn't think about using our phones, the, the lights on our phones. But she took the picture and she said, oh, my God. I said, what? And she, she pulled up the picture and it showed me. And, I mean, it was five scratch marks. So it was from thumb to pinky 
uh, of scratch marks, and I've never actually seen five. I've seen one scratch mark, two, three, and four. But I've never seen five, which the first three were, or really the first two were more, you know, noticeable than the other three. But uh, I mean, it, it. I would probably say it was the index finger and the middle finger that, or the index finger and the thumb that. You know, was more noticeable either one of the two. But after that, we went outside and I said, I'm not going back in there. And we called the, the homeowners and they were actually staying at a friend's house during the investigation. They came back and I sat down by my vehicle. I was by my wheel, the, the left rear wheel uh, of my car. And I sat down there and I was just like, I needed to, I needed to throw up. Uh, I tried and nothing came out, but the homeowner went inside, brought me a bottle of water, and I drank it. And then I went back in, and I turned the corner. And in the hallway at the very end, it was between two doors. Uh, it was a bedroom door and another bedroom. Uh, right between those in the hallway, at the very end, there was a REM pod sitting in the floor. And I walked in, I turned the corner, and that REM pod just immediately you know, started going off like crazy. And at that exact same time, I felt like somebody was about to tackle me. Like I felt this rush of energy just hit me. I mean, it and it, it, it scared me. I mean, it startled me. And, you know, if, if that doesn't startle anybody, you know, there's something wrong with you because that's a force that you can't see that's coming after you. Uh, I took off and ran back outside. But, you know, <laughs> if, 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 if that happened today, yeah, it would probably scare me, but I wouldn't go as far as to go back outside. Uh, I mean, that was the first time that ever happened to me. Right. Well, the, the first time is always the worst, and that's I would I'd be hard pressed to try to re recall anybody who's had an experience like that who didn't have the exact same reaction you had, where you you just got to get out of there for a minute. Yeah, and uh, we actually uh, were contacted about three or four weeks ago by someone that lives in Florence. Uh, I'm going to call her Jane Doe and her boyfriend, John Doe. So these are not our investigators. Since then, they've left. Uh, so they contacted us three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, about a haunt that they had. Uh, and, you know, it, it was kind of weird. I mean, me and Jessica, we actually just got done with a little bit of an investigation ourselves down in an investigation in southern Alabama. But we, uh, we just got back up to... Tuscaloosa, where I currently live, and we seen this message in our, on our page. Pulled it up, and he was asking for our help. I said, well, if you're free right now, you can call us. And that was around 12 or 1230-ish. Uh, so, I mean, it was pretty late. Uh, and we talked to her for about an hour, hour and a half. And, no, it was probably an hour. Uh we talked to her, and, you know, everything she told us was, uh, you know, it all lined up, and, it, you know, she was consistent in her answers, and basically she was telling us that she felt like something of pure evil, just, you know, a malevolent entity uh, was at her home, and, you know, she would tell us about, she would come home, and these doors would be open, all the doors in her house, including her cabinet drawers, and, you know, stuff like that and you know it it was it was pretty crazy because i've never actually had somebody call us with something like that so at first 
and you know this goes for both of us me and jessica were like and eh, they could be pulling on chain but i'm gonna give them a chance uh but they they kept describing all this stuff to me and they they told us that they came home another time and all the lights were on in their house and then another time uh the kitchen drawer was open and there was a knife stuck in the wall uh so you know hearing hearing that hearing that it just it was kind of you know i believe they're pulling on chain but you know i told her i'd call her back tomorrow and you know see do, do a thorough interview with her and i did uh and she told me a lot of other stuff and you know since that interview i've actually learned a lot more but you know i i did a little bit of research and just like Jessica, I've done, I've done, I've studied demonology, uh, but I had determined, and I'm not an exorcist at all. Uh, you know, I'm not trained to do that, but from my own personal opinion, I believe that they are in a second stage of possession, which is demonic obsession. Uh, there's three stages to possession. There's oppression, obsession, and possession. Uh, they're in early obsession. Uh, if not mid to late by now. Uh, so it's only a matter of time uh, before one of them, something does happen to one of them, and we're trying to, to get this this uh, investigation done. Uh, and we were actually supposed to do that uh, last Saturday, uh, September 1st. Uh, mm -hmm. Something actually happened with their family. And, you know, they there was a, a family emergency. Uh, is, is all I can say, but a family emergency that was just very unfortunate, and they ended up having to call off the investigation. Uh, we tried everything we could uh, to keep the investigation going, uh, simply for the fact that, you know, this is a demon, and it is causing these things to happen. I fully believe that. Uh, and there was several times that I, or there was one time I talked to my grandmother on the phone, I was telling her about this uh, this, this investigation we're doing, and uh -huh. the the third day that I talked to to, to Jane Doe, uh, I told her I was going to contact the Holy Nicolaian Church to see if I could get an exorcist, uh, and we did. We got in contact with uh, I don't remember what her name is, but it's uh, Brian D. Oliet's uh, assistant. Uh, Mr. Oliet is an exorcist. Uh, for the Holy Nicolaian Church in Atlanta, um, right? He, he does he does a lot of good work. Yeah, and he's been on Ghost Adventure several times. Uh -huh. um, but he's he's going to be the one that does the exorcism. Uh, but we need to get the investigation done first. Uh, but anyway, back to when I was on the phone with my grandmother, I was talking to her and I told her about the exorcist, and I was on the phone with her for about five or six minutes, and then I mentioned uh, the exorcist's name. And the phone hung up. Her phone was sitting down. She was actually cooking dinner. And I was outside, and my phone was sitting in my lap. Phone hung up. End of call. Called her back, and 30 seconds later, I mentioned his name again. Hung up again. And I called her back, and finally, I'm, I'm just like, the bishop, you know, Archbishop Brian Ulliet. And it didn't hang up that time. But uh, after that, I called Jessica, and I'm like, you won't believe what just happened. And I said, I just, I was talking to my grandmother. And I said the bishop's name, Brian Oliette. And right after that, it was probably three or four seconds after that, 
I heard a limb crack and fall, and it was fairly large limb. I never actually seen it, but uh, I don't even know if it hit the ground. It could have got caught up in some other limbs or whatever, but I heard that crack and fall. And the thing was, it hadn't rained, and it, the wind wasn't blowing. I mean, it was a pretty calm day, actually. Uh, but it was just, it was so weird. I'm like, did you hear that? She said, no. I said, a limb just fell whenever I said his name. That was so weird. And, you know, me and Jessica have, have been getting nauseous and, you know, wanting to just puke for no reason. Uh, but since the investigation was delayed, we haven't had those problems anymore. It, at least I haven't. Uh, I want to ask Jessica, uh, have you actually felt anything else? Have you felt nauseous or anything? Because I don't think I've asked you that since then. Um, yeah, at times. But I actually, it's kind of weird. It's not necessarily a physical feeling. but um. I, I do have, um, well, I do suffer from depression and anxiety, and I don't know, it's just, I don't want to say it's 100% attributed to it, but it's like ever since, you know, because my, we were all excited about getting to do that investigation, and it was, you know, I was like, this is, you know, this, it was a big deal, this is not, because like I said, you know, when you're dealing with a demon, it's a whole different magnitude. It's a whole different, and, you know, it's to be taken seriously. And I had all this energy built up, all this, you know, motivation, and da-da-da-da-da. And it was like, you know, once that happened, it just, it pretty much, it was like a sucker punch in the face when they uh, canceled it. Because, I mean, that's really what they did. They canceled it. And I'm not 100% sure what exactly is going on, but... It seems like, you know, ever since then, I've been more depressed about things, but it can also be because, you know, I had my hopes so high about doing this and everything and actually getting to help these people, and it just, it affected me, like, on different different levels, but I've been a little bit more depressed, and, you know, so I've been trying to keep my mind on different things and stay positive and, and stuff because it, it, it can get bad. Um, and it has before, but that's, that's a different, different topic, but. All right. Well, and, and for those of you guys listening, this is actually, um, for lack of a better term, this is a typical thing that happens when you're investigating and you run into a demonic infestation, you will find that, Every weird thing and every bad thing that could happen ends up happening. You, you're going to be roadblocked at every turn. You're going to feel physically ill. You're going to feel mentally wiped out. And that's before the actual investigation. It's, it's happened to me. It's happened to every investigator that I know that has run into something like this. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just a fact of life whenever it comes to it. But the, the good thing is, if there's a good thing that can be brought out of it, is it gives you confirmation that you're dealing with something that you need to actually deal with. Exactly. And I'll tell you another thing that was now, what, tell me what the chances of this is. And Dalton can tell you, Dalton was actually there the day that this happened. But, um, it's kind of, okay. So I was on my way home from, uh, Nashville and I have a 
I got a new car back in uh, March of this year, the 2005 Nissan Altima. And since I've had the car, you know, I've kind of had it. I bought it used and everything. So kind of had some problems with it. You know, every time something would come up, we would, you know, fix it or at least, you know, try to diagnose it. Well, it is so weird how this happened. Like, I'm still just like, so um, last weekend I was in Nashville. And I drove my car. Everything was fine. Get up there. And literally, I was 30 minutes from home. And the motor, uh, it started knocking. Basically, I don't know. But so the backstory of the car is I, the motor, actually, this was my fault. So all you handymen, you mechanics out there, here's your little chance to poke, you know, whatever, but um, I was always on the go and working too much and going here and going there, and I, it would slip my mind to check oil in my car. Well, I ended up uh, pretty much blowing my motor up, the first one, so I didn't have the car for nearly two months, and I just got it back two weeks ago, and we there was a used motor put in. It was good. Well, 30 minutes away from home, the damn thing just did exactly what it did the day that it died out on me and the motor quit. It, and I, I immediately was like, okay, shut the engine off, and I pulled over on the side of the road. And it, you know, I've just been having nothing but bad luck. And now it's like we're back to square one. So now I'm back to driving uh, my pawpaw truck. And so it's just, it's, things like that, and it's, I mean, Dal like I said, Dalton tell you, he was, we were actually coming to do, take care, to do some business, and um, I called him, and I was crying, I'm like, dude, and I was so stressed out, I'm like, Dalton, you gotta come get me, and he didn't, he sort of knew where I was at, because, you know, he's, where I'm from, he's not really familiar with the area, but I'm like, I was, it was like 12 o'clock, middle of the day, hot, sweaty, and I'm like, Dalton, Please come get me. Like, you're the only one that I can think of. Just come get me. And if it hadn't have been for him, it was just, ugh, I was so stressed out. And, like, and, and you know, something tells me that that was kind of maybe had some, something to do with, you know, the demonic presence. And, which, you know, they're capable of anything, pretty much. And Oh, absolutely. And, and things like that. Your average skeptic would say, well, you know, you weren't checking the oil or you're, you're asking for trouble with this. This is a used car. It's going to break down and things like that. And, and, and none of that's wrong. None of that's incorrect. Right. But it's the matter of this thing after this thing after this thing after this thing happens all in, in back to back to back to back to back. It, it can't all go wrong all at the same time. But, any, but when you're dealing with uh, demonic infestation, a lot of times, everything goes wrong all at once. And yeah. You can't, you can't explain it. And one thing I forgot to mention is, um, so I, we had, uh, the, the car sat for two months while we tried to find a motor. And so we found the motor for it. We took it. We got it put in, you know, the block or whatever. And Dalton was actually with, it's how, this is how funny this is. Dalton was with me when I got the car back. He was with me when the car died. And, it was actually, it, I got it back on a Sunday, and then it, it 
quit on a Monday, so it would have been almost exactly a week. But I got the car. I hadn't had the car but a week, okay? And when we checked it, it had oil. I mean, it was good. And there is no way under the sun. When we got in there and checked it, it was just about completely out of oil. And it was just so annoying because I'm like, okay, I haven't done that much traveling. And, you know, where I live, Nashville, is about two, almost a three-hour drive. And I'm sitting here thinking, there is no possible way unless there's a uh, – there's just no way that that oil got burned up that quick. And that, you know, it's just really, really fishy to me. And, um, slightly annoying too. And it's, it was a used motor. And it's like, how can this one do the exact same thing that the first one did? So that's kind of, you know, it's not a coincidence. It happened for a reason, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, again, it's, it's not anything that's, I, I hate to say it, it's not anything that's that's unusual when you're dealing with demonic infestations. I've had, you know, I've had cases where people have canceled because, you know, they, I, I had one investigation I was going to do a help out with that we were supposed to go to this place. And, uh, you know, not only did I have all kinds of problems getting there where I forgot my credit card and I had to turn around halfway down, and you're talking about a three or four hour trip, had, had to turn around halfway to go get my card. Got to the hotel. The hotel didn't have my reservation. Uh, my credit card didn't work at the hotel. Called the guy that I was doing the investigation with. He had uh, he had had his car break down that day. Another investigator had been in a car accident. Uh, another investigator was sick, and the lady that was, we were supposed to investigate her place of business had a death in the family that morning. Now, none of those things on their own are unusual. It's unusual because it was all at once. Right. So, um, kind of creepy stuff. So, are you guys going to be able to do this investigation? Do you know? Have y'all had any follow up with them? No. Uh, we're uh, we're we're going to reschedule it. Uh, but <clears throat> we actually uh, what what you know, which really it's not it's not their fault at all. Um, but what it was kind of frustrating to to all of us really. Uh, that you know it was canceled because. I mean, I, I actually interviewed with someone from AL.com. Uh, that's statewide Alabama news, uh, the Alabama news website. And they did a story on me and the team and the investigation. Uh, and they were probably going to do about two more stories on us or, or probably three. Uh, but most likely two on the investigation and evidence and then another one on our team particularly. Uh, Y'all can actually find that. Uh, on al.com uh, if you can't find it on there just type in al.com southern souls paranormal uh, or type in al.com dalton jones uh, i mean you'll, you'll find it but the reporter did uh, a pretty good job on interviewing me and a great job on writing the story uh, but i mean it was we'll link up we'll actually put a link up in the story notes in the in the show notes for to the story too so if anybody's okay. looking for that link, it's an easy way to find it. And, uh, you know, that was that was pretty fun for me because that actually came into my work. Uh, and then everybody there got to call, oh, he's getting interviewed for the news. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that was it, it was pretty cool because, you know, that's something I've, I've, you know, always wanted to do, which, you know, I've always said and I'm always going to say it. 
that, you know, if you're doing this for the fame or the money, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I mean, yeah, you're, you're definitely barking at the wrong tree. I had Ed Warren once said at a, uh, at a conference I was at, uh, somebody asked him about all the money that they thought that he made off of doing investigations, which they never charged anybody for any investigations. And he said, you know, if you if you want to get rich doing investigations, you're, it's not going to happen. He said it's the, the thing that happens is it's, it's a very good way to get poor very slowly. So, you know, it's, you're not you're not going to get wealthy doing it. That's for sure. And and, and that's very true. Uh, and, you know, that's why I tell you know, some people that 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 want to get into this. I'm like, well, buy some cheap equipment first, buy your PSB seven, a digital recorder. A cheap camera and go out and if this is something you want to do you know try that out uh you know if it turns out that yeah there's really interest to you then you know go for it uh but you know don't buy all this equipment don't even go on an investigation yet until you've got thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment and then realize how hey, you don't want to do this because they're not going to take that equipment back they're not going to refund you the money exactly exactly so you you talked a lot about equipment. What what equipment do you use, and what are, what are the purposes? Because I know I know what the equipment is, and a lot of guys that are that are experienced investigators do, but the casual listener might not know. You, you throw out a lot of terms uh, about certain equipment. What what do you use, and what is the purpose of it? Well, I mean, we we use everything from you know ITC communication devices to uh, meters, and you know thermometers and you know all that all that different stuff cameras uh but you know i whenever i'm explaining stuff to somebody i'll usually start with the most basic and then you know go from go from there up which i'm not going to you know name four of them off i'm just going to name you know some of the some of the main points uh i mean we've got the evp recorders which you know that's just your basic uh voice recorder there's nothing special about it uh but that's just used to capture you know voices from a spirit a lot of times whenever you do get an EVP, it's more of like a loud whisper. Uh, and mm-hmm. you, re- you rarely ever get one with vocal tone. Uh, I mean, it's very rare that you get one like that. Um, and then we have the cameras, which can, of course, record and capture images. And you can find orbs and mist, smoke, anomalies, uh, apparitions, and stuff like that. And you... From that, you've got you know you've got your digital camera, then you've got your night vision or infrared, which you used to see in the dark, which captures you know that stuff, uh, and then a full spectrum, which is basically another version of night vision, but sees in a different uh, spectrum of light than what uh, infrared does. Uh, right. And then then we've got the PSB7 and PSB11. Uh, basically, the PSB11 is two PSB7s put in one box. Uh, what that does is it sweeps through radio frequencies uh, at a very fast rate. Uh, so you're not really going to get much radio interference. Uh, I mean, these are live radio stations, uh, so occasionally you'll get a snippet of audio. Uh, but the way you can tell it's a spirit is if it speaks through them through more than one sweeps. You know, if you hear a, a, a hello and that's over two or three sweeps, then, hey, you've got a spirit voice. Uh, but, you know, you can do some modifications to those to where you can make – radio interference as minimal as it can be and you know it's very simple to do it takes five minutes 
uh, but it will void the warranty uh, if you get a warranty with it. Uh, I don't think uh, the PSP7 comes with a warranty, uh, but I think the 11 does. But all you got to do is take a few screws out and take out the antenna. That's it. And then put screws back in, and there you go. You're done. Would, but, would you say that's, um, that's one of your main tools in your arsenal right now? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, we do use it a lot, but uh, we, we usually, as, as far as communication goes, we usually rely on EVP recorders and the Oculus. Uh, but we do use the uh, SB11 a lot and the SB7. Uh, we do use those a lot. Uh, really, we, we kind of try to, to balance it all out uh, and use everything that we have unless something tells us otherwise. Uh, I mean, for instance, if we're getting a lot of things on the PSB7, we're not going to swap over to the Oculus. We're going to keep using the PSB7. Uh, but, I mean, if we're getting, you know. Use it until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, basically. Uh and, you know, since I mentioned the Oculus, uh, it basically takes all these environmental readings, uh, humidity, barometric pressure, temperature, you know, all that, all that different stuff, EMF waves, uh, you know, all that. And each word has a different, uh, each word has different data that goes with it. Uh, you know, one thing can, can make it say a different word. I mean, if the temperature's, you know, one degree lower, I mean, for instance, it could say uh, goodbye uh, whenever the temperature is 73 degrees, but if it drops down to 72, it'll say, uh, you know, pen or pencil or whatever. Uh, right. But right. it's not it's not relying on just temperature. It's relying on a bunch of different factors. Uh, and I tell my investigators, I said, do not touch the antennas on top. Do not. Uh, and I tell them, don't move fast with it. I said, if you're going to hold it in your hand, be still. Uh, but we mostly try to keep it on a steady surface that's, you know, none of us are near it. Uh, we're at least a foot away from it. So we don't, you know, none of our breaths blow on it and make it change. And, you know, the, the, it's just, uh, it's it's a piece of equipment you got to be very careful with because it's easy to get false evidence from. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of people would, as amateurs, would go out and would buy a piece of equipment like that, not really understand how to use it, and would use it in a manner that would give them all kinds of false positive readings and get excited about what they found when they didn't really find much of anything, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and you don't, you don't want to burst somebody's bubble with that, but that's just the reality of it. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it's like an EMF meter. If, you, if you're walking under exposed wires and you're getting a high EMF EMF reading, you're not really this not you're not picking anything up except for those exposed wires. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but you know. Now, okay, so I I've actually got two things I want to say. Uh, well, actually three. Uh, another thing, uh, people can people can fake evidence, and you know you can find it on you know you can find it anywhere. Uh, the most easily faked piece of equipment is the K two. And we do not use those at all. I mean, we we just don't. Uh, they're they can be so easily manipulated. Uh, if you've got a walkie-talkie on you and you press the push to talk button, and you've got that K2 meter in your hand, you push that, it's going to light up. For instance, if I say, "Is anybody here? Can you give me a sign?" I reach down subtly, press that button, and it it's pipes. 
uh, and that's just from the the radio frequency. And, right, and, and that's all. That's all the frequency. Yeah, and I mean it's I mean it's so easily manipulated. Like I said, now whenever me and Jessica we we did an investigation, it was just the two of us, uh, and this was in a in a house. Uh, we can't really release where it is. The homeowner or the actually the owner of the land uh, didn't want uh, anybody to come there because it it was an abandoned house. It was on the sky's land, but he didn't want anybody to come there because I mean it was a fairly nice house. I mean it was. I mean, it was, it had, it had two stores and it had an attic and then another attic. Uh, and I mean, it was a, a pretty large sized house. And I mean, the floors were beautiful. Fire, it had about six or seven fireplaces. I mean, it was just beautiful. And it also had, it still had the homeowner's personal items as far as their clothes, their perfume, some mail to, I mean, it was just a very, it was like they just, it just packed up and left, but she had passed away. But. Yeah, uh, but they, 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 like I was saying, it was a, it's a really nice home, and he doesn't want anybody going in there and demolishing it or whatever. Uh, but you know, we we went in there with you know full respect and you know stuff like that. But we went in there; the power had been cut off for years. I mean, probably twenty or thirty years. Nobody's lived there in forty. Uh, so yeah, power's been cut off for about forty years. Uh, right, which, which is a best case scenario. Yeah, and we went in there, and Jessica can even validate this for you. Uh, we went in there, and we had spikes that were up to what was the highest one? 180 milligauss. Yeah, actually, no, I think it went up to 200. It went up to like 200 and something. Um, and it was when we were in the uh, second level over there near the table when the ovulus said. Uh, table, and yeah. it's it was like two, I think two oh six or something like that, and it was just crazy. Yeah, and I I, I had never well I, I had actually seen high spots like that before, not that high, but I have mm -hmm. seen them before cemetery. Uh, but you know, there's only been two cases where I've seen them that high, and you know, I I want to ask you your personal opinion on what do you mm -hmm. think we call that other than the spirit. That high EMF of a spike, honestly, I mean, and I used to be a general contractor. I know, I know old homes because I specialize in century homes. I know old homes, I know old wiring. I can't think of anything that would cause that random of a spike. And then you said you're you're talking about the location. You're in a location near a table, and at the same time, another piece of equipment pops up with the word table. Mm -hmm. That's just again, you know. Something I mean, popping up with the table might not necessarily be great evidence, but that in conjunction with a big EMS bike, and I've never seen one that big on a in a home that didn't have power attached to it. You know, yeah. sometimes even if you even if you've got the power shut off, you know, you you just kind of hit all the switches, turned all the lights and everything off, you'll still get a, a surge through the wires sometimes, but yeah. it has to be actually actively connected to a power source, and it sounds like that house wasn't. Yeah, and, you know, we actually did a live video of the investigation. You can actually see us uh, doing some investigations on our page. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit further down now, but, I mean, they can just find it by going through our videos. And you can actually see the spikes, and it's constantly staying above 50. And now there were some times it dropped below 50 and leveled out at zero. And then picked right. right back 
and went back to, you know, 200 or 180, whatever. Um, right. But I'm not even sure how, how high that thing detects. But I do know several times it said error. Uh, I mean, it didn't actually say error, but it showed a flat line, uh, right. which I believe was just an error. Uh, you know, it, it went as high as it could go. And, you know, my main concern was like, I hope this thing doesn't tear up my equipment. I mean. I've seen that before. I've seen a uh, a reel-to-reel tape recorder get burned up. Not yeah. like caught fire, but, but the, the wiring in it got burned up yeah, um, during the that, investigation. That was my concern. I'm like, I hope this thing doesn't tear it up. Uh, but, I mean, after that, it was fine. We left the house, and I got back to my house, and uh, I turned it on and it was red as zero and you can actually see in the video where uh i'm walking from you know i walk in two separate rooms and i'm flipping the light switches and i'm like there's absolutely no power here uh Mm -hmm. i mean pulling on the 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 chains on the ceiling fans and stuff no power i mean and it was it was a rather i mean it was a it was the investigation itself was a danger to our health i mean we went in there with respirators on we opened up a closet, and the, the inside of the closet was filled with black mold. I've never seen that much black mold <laughs> in my life. I mean, but, it was covered in it. And the other thing is that if it was a if it was a, a surge, if it was somehow connected to a power grid, and it was a surge through there, it would be just a blip. It would be one spike, and that would be it. You wouldn't see anything else. It wouldn't be a steady high level or anything like that. It would literally be, be a split second. That would be it. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it... Jessica, how long would you say we had those spikes? Maybe... I don't know, but it was... it. You know, what's weird is that on the second level is really where we were... We kept getting them, and it just... I mean, in that, that one specific room, and I would say... Close to 45 minutes, um, a little less than an hour, but maybe close to 45 minutes, it just kept going nonstop. I mean, there would be a few seconds, well, maybe up to a minute where it would, you know, go back to zero, but then it would just spike right back up. And it was just, you know, we walked around the whole place and just really in the area where is where we kept getting such high readings. Um did it did it move at all, or was it really stationary in one exact spot the whole time? Uh, well, I mean, we we started out in one room, and then we walked out to another room, and yeah, it just like, followed us. Yeah, and it and the feeling that I got is that it was somewhat intelligent, or well, when I say somewhat intelligent, like it was a little bit more stronger than your average, you know, uh, entity or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, which we caught. Let's see, when we started the investigation, it was probably, I don't know, 15, 15 minutes into it. We had the uh, rim pod on the stairs, and, I mean, he just sat it down, and he walked away, and he started, I think we were coming down the stairs, and all of a sudden we started getting activity on the rim pod, and we got a couple spots um, on the EMF, but it wasn't anything to the magnitude of upstairs. And yeah, and... It, I think that that's where its uh, dwelling was, that that's where it hung out. 
but it was just the air up there, and excluding the black mold and stuff and the heat, but the just the atmosphere up there was heavy. It wasn't like an evil at all. It was just, hey, I'm here, and I'm, you know, I'm going to let you know I'm here, and it was just, like, insane. Right. Right. And if, if anybody's done an investigation, then, especially the overhunt, you know that, that feeling. You walk into a room, and you're like, oh, yeah, this, this, is, this is a good room to investigate. Let's stay in here for a little while. <laughs> that heavy feeling. And... Exactly. I mean, it, we, me and Jessica started out in uh, two separate rooms on the end of the house, and I was in one room, and I hadn't been getting anything. I mean, nothing. Uh, and then I walk over there to Jessica, uh, walk down the uh, – I mean, I'm walking around the stairs because there's two staircases, and I'm walking around the stairs. And I enter this room, and I see her over there, and I'm just kind of kind of peeking through, uh, peeking through the crack in the door, making sure, you know – I'm trying to let her know I'm there, which of course it was pitch black and she wasn't even, she, she had the camera pointed in a different direction. And so she couldn't see me. But anyway, I walked on through, uh, which I didn't, I didn't walk, uh, lightly because a lot of people believe that whenever you're doing EVPs and whenever you're doing, you know, recordings during an investigation, you want to be quiet. No, do not be quiet. No, 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 no. You want you want to actually be a little louder than normal so that you can tell that it's a real person. Yeah, and I mean, don't walk lightly. Walk, you know, like you would normally walk. And you uh-huh. know, hey, I'm coming into this room, or hey, I'm swapping rooms, uh, or you know, whenever, even whenever I'm doing EVP sessions, if I'm moving, I'll say audio contamination, and I just tag it just like that. I just say audio contamination. Uh, so. And and whenever I'm I'm viewing the audio waves on Audacity, you can you can see the movement in my hand where it it, it made the noise. You can see that visually. It's a small waveform, and then you see the larger waveform of me saying uh, audio contamination. And you know, it's uh I, I've kind of gotten to where I can, you know, whenever you say audio contamination, you're going to get you know the same wave lengths. Or the same wave, wave form, rather, not the wavelengths, uh, but the same form uh, every time because you're saying the same word. Uh, so I can basically go through and look and find all those spots where the same uh, waveform is throughout the uh, recording, and I can just go ahead and remove those or tag those as audio contamination. Right. Uh, right. So. That that's something that I do. So I'm really careful about you know any type of contamination. I'll always tag it, uh, but you know it's it's just it, it's something that every investigator needs to do and to keep in their mind. Uh, you know that it's very easy to, to contaminate evidence. It's very easy to get false evidence. Absolutely, and the you know we did we did an episode of one of my first episodes with on EVPs. And we went into a lot of that. It's a lot of the same stuff you're talking about. There's just you, you don't just run in there with a recorder and record everything. You got you've got to be very careful because it's so easy to get false readings and to get false EMS and things like that. It just is. And but the exciting thing is if you've done it right and you catch a real one, that's like the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> it, it really is. And I know, I know you guys sent me, um, y'all sent me a good handful of, of EVPs uh, a little while back, and I, I had a chance to look at them, and 
they were fairly impressive. Um, there was one of them specifically that I'd like to to talk to you about. You you had on there as the note on there. It was like the fourth one down, and you you said it uh, from Cherokee, Alabama, and it says, "Help me." Yes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, uh, let me uh, let me actually listen to that one real quick, uh, so I can it, it'll kind of put me back into that moment uh, if you don't mind. Okay, so the story behind that one is this was back in 2017. Uh, this was whenever I had my other two investigators with me. This was actually captured in their house, uh, and they told us that they had been experiencing some stuff and had heard some stuff. So he actually left his recorder on his dresser during a football game, an Alabama football game. So he went, he left the recorder on the dresser recording, and he shut the door. And went into the living room on the other side of the house and watched the game and came back and listened to it. And that was one of the first things that that spirit said was help me. Uh, you know, it was it was really, you know, I, I'd never heard an EVP. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's, you know, very distinct. But I would say that if you can hear it, if you're able to hear it, it's, you know, you're going to hear it say help me. And that's, uh, I mean, it was it was really good to hear that, and I've never actually heard a spirit say "help me" before, so that was kind of chilling. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it was like weird, and it was it was kind of creepy actually. Uh, and uh, since uh, I actually want to talk to you about you know the rest of these EVPs as well, because I mean every one of them have uh, uh, have a good story behind them, and you know that's why I sent them to you. Absolutely, absolutely. I was going to say something on the one that said, help me. Yeah. Um, I, I heard something different. I should have written it down because I don't have, I, I had my headphones on and I didn't hear help me personally, but I mm -hmm. did hear almost an entire statement. It was like, and it, it sounded like, um, it sounded like a small child saying, um, you know, something like, what are you doing here? Uh, and then get me daddy. It was something funky like that. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to l listen to it again. Cause I might've misheard it too, because this is, this is, yeah. was, I was half asleep listening to it. Let me know, because I'm actually interested to find out because, you know, that's, that's one of the things I like about EVP work is, you know, some people come up with these, these, uh, what, what they think it says and this, you know, you can't guarantee anything with EVPs. You just can't. I mean, you know, yeah. the 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 you know seven billion people can say, "Hey, it says this," but can you really prove it? You can't. That's just a part of our work. I mean, we're basically going off trust, and you know, that's another thing that we that we like to have, not only for uh, in the group, but also for the fans out there that. You know that that keep up to date and supporters. We like to have their trust too. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't have trust, you're not going to be successful. And you know that's just. It's, I'm being straightforward with you. If you don't have trust, you're not going to be successful. 
I'd I'd love to get feedback from folks that are hearing it as to what they they hear on it. Um, Just just because I didn't, like I said, I didn't hear it help me, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't what was said. It just means that was EVPs are open to interpretation. That wasn't what I heard, but. What I heard yeah. was, was was way creepier, actually. <laughs> it just helped me. Yeah, I, I would I would actually like to, to hear what they think it says. I mean, you know, these these types of things, you know, like I said, I just love hearing what people think it says. Uh, and then, you know, have people agree with you on that. And these people are also like, that's amazing. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to save the best one for last, actually. But uh, the next one we had was uh, uh, through a PSB7 or a PSB11. And it's not an EVP. It's a disembodied voice. Uh, I, I just turned it on in not even 30 seconds because usually whenever I start uh, a session, I'll let there be silence, and if anything comes through, it comes through before I say anything. Uh, and I believe it was during that 30 seconds that says, uh, you're in trouble. And it sounded like uh, maybe a middle-aged man. Uh, I'd say probably 50, probably in his mid-50s. Uh, mm-hmm. And he had like a real raspy voice. It sounded like he was maybe a smoker. Uh and that that was also that was the impression that I got with that one too. Yeah, and that was in Cherokee. That was at the house we investigated for our previous two investigators. Uh, and then John Doe, one of our previous investigators. Uh, during the Trinity investigation, our first Trinity investigation, uh, asked, are you the one making me feel pressure on my stomach? And the spirit responded with, oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, that was that was pretty creepy to hear. I mean, it was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was. Are you the one making me feel pressure on my stomach? That was creepy. And anytime you get an intelligent response is amazing. It, yeah, it, 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 I mean, EVPs, you know, on their own are creepy. And then, uh, also, uh, I actually mistitled one. Uh, it was the EVP that says, say something. Uh, and I did a, a subtitle that said Trinity, Alabama, and I'm wrong about that. That was actually also in Cherokee, and that was also on the recording um, that uh, was recorded during the football game that our previous investigator had set up. You know that one. That one was pretty cool. Uh, which that one would be more open to interpretation. Uh, probably 
Class B or Class C EVP. Um, yeah, that, that one wasn't super clear. You could you could definitely tell something was there. And the the thing is 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 folks that don't analyze EVPs might not know this, but when you're doing your analysis on it, a lot of times the first evidence you have that something's there isn't that you hear something; it's that you see a bump in your audio file. Yes. And you're oh well, this is this is different because nobody's talking there. What what is this sound? Mm -hmm. So. You know, that's so a lot of times you can't necessarily pick up what is said, but you know that something was said and you can you can tell there's a rhythm with that one. It's not as clear, but you can still tell that there's a rhythm of speech in there. Yeah. And uh, the see, whenever we get a class B or a class A, that's really exciting. Uh, now, the, the two that says pray to God. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, both of those are. If I'm not mistaken, one of them's class B and the other one's class A. Uh, yes, that's 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 exactly what I was was thinking. Was that one was one was B and one was A for sure. Uh, but you know, it those had a really cool story because we didn't pray before both of those investigations, and during those investigations, two separate investigations and two separate voices both saying the same thing: pray to God. That was, I mean, it was pretty chilling to get one, but since we get two yeah. at two separate locations with two different voices saying the exact same thing, that was creepy. Uh, but that's yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I'm getting goosebumps. You just you just talking about that because uh, I've I've had something kind of similar to that happen, but nothing that specific. I had I had once where I got a Class A EVP that that literally said, I'll snap your neck, you bastard. And just like if somebody was standing beside me, the best EVP I've ever captured. And then uh, 20 minutes or so later, we caught an EVP that um, that the, the same voice said, is he gone yet? Uh, so it's, it's like they were trying to scare us off. Yeah. But to have the same, where you had the same exact phrase repeated, Twice. That was that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And you know these uh, these two investigations, if I'm not mistaken, are 40 miles apart. Uh, I mean, one's in Trinity, and then uh, the other one is in Florence. Uh, so that's about 40 45 miles difference uh, in between those. Um, but you know that was that was pretty cool. And then the last EVP that I really want to go over. Uh, which is, you know, I'm saving the best for last, uh, is this one right here. Now, I originally thought that it said, my mama loves you. Uh -huh. Now, of course, I'm sure you went through these in order, so you heard the best one first. Uh, right. So, I, I'm kind of curious. Without, without, I don't know if you remember what it said or if you remember, uh, you know, what I thought it said. But what, what do you think it says? I'm 
hearing, get out of my home or I'll kill you or something, something similar to that. Definitely get out of my home. And then you hear like a clack and then something else garbled. But the get out of my home is definitely the clear, the clearest part of that. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you caught that because, um, it was get out of my house or I'll kill you. Now I did hear the clack and that was one of the first things I noticed. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, if I'm trying to put this into a, a dramatic, I don't know. I don't even know what word I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> if I'm trying to put this in form as, you know, it's being played out, a dramatization, uh, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's saying, get out of my house, and then it's like they're beating on the table or I'll kill you. You know, it's like they're pissed. Um, right. No, but, I, can, I can see that in my head for sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's. But I mean, to begin with, like what I said, I thought what what I thought it said was my mama loves you, and those are two completely different ends of the spectrum. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's two completely non-related things that it could be. <laughs> I mean, that, there's there's not a single degree that those are related in any way. I mean, well, and, and I, I will tell you, the tone of the voice definitely sounds more malicious or angry to me. Yeah. And a welcoming, you know, oh, here's a little message about Mama. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and, and I agree with you there. Uh, but before I actually downloaded it onto my computer and listened to it, I was listening to it on my EVP recorder. And see, it sounded like a small child. And it was like, my mama loves you. Uh, did but it, did it, really? it sounded like a small child. It, it, it did. And, you know, I, uh, I, well, I could probably I don't know how I don't know if it would change the way it sounds or not, uh, being that it was downloaded to Audacity. Uh, I could try to put it back onto my recorder and see if it sounds the same way. I don't know if it will or not, but I thought that was kind of weird because I listened to it on my recorder and I was in complete silence. I mean, there was nothing around me making noise. I listened to it and it sounded like a, a little girl, probably you know six or seven, saying that. And then you know I, I listened to it on the computer and it's like evil. And, did, did, you, you know, did you adjust the speed on it at all, or, or make any adjustments I, like that? I, I did not adjust the speed on it. Uh, the only thing I did was remove the background noise. And, right. you know, I've to, to begin with, I didn't really want to remove background noise uh, because whenever you're doing EVP work, you've got to be very careful with what you do. Uh, I mean, that's just right. like I had EVPs, I think, too, on my Facebook page where <clears throat> You can hear the white noise in the background, just the quietness, you know, the the sound, nothing, if you will. Uh, And then you hear it pretty loud, and then it just goes down to almost nothing. Uh, And that's the point to where I remove that background noise. And, you know, people, which I've never had anybody say, well, that's just two, two recordings connected to each other, two different ones. Well, I've never had anybody actually say that to me, but, you know, Personally, whenever I listen to it, I'm like, dang, somebody's going to think that I did that. But, and, you know, even though I didn't, it's just like, well, you got to be really careful about that because I don't want anybody to think that I'm faking stuff because, I mean, I'm not. I mean, it's it's right. a pretty bad feeling, and it's never happened to me personally, but I do know that some people that were getting real evidence, but they just weren't editing it correctly, and it made it look like they were faking it. 
and you know it was just they they were doing everything right besides the evidence editing it mm-hmm. and right. you don't to go out there and you know do all this crazy editing and uh, adding you know all these different sound effects you want to keep it as basic as possible. I mean, you know, as far as amplifying it, yeah, you can do that. Removing mm-hmm. backwards, yeah, you can do that. But, I mean, adding uh, sound effects in there, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, no, no, no. When I presented EVP evidence, I always presented this is the raw sound file, and then this is the cleaned up version. Yes. You know, uh, I always presented them both back to back. But I actually had a guy once that, uh, was he was trying to get me to uh, put on some of his EVPs, which I, I love. EVPs are probably my favorite thing, especially on a show like this. It's all audio. I love EVPs. Um, yes. But he wanted he sent them to me, and he had added in spooky music in the background for some reason. And I'm like, dude, this this is unusable. You can't. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I hate to shoot him down like that, but. You know, why, why would you do that? Why would you edit in something like that? But, yeah, and you do that, and that's just going to ruin a perfectly good EVP. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You know, it's just like that EVP had potential, but basically you just ran it over with an 18-wheeler by putting, you know, sound effects in there. Why do that? Keep it as basic as possible. And that's a really good tip for anybody starting out. And, you know, just like you said earlier, you didn't have anybody to mentor you, and neither did I. I mean, you know, everybody thinks their way is the best way, but, you know, after looking through all these other, you know, different ways to start a team, you know, I'm not being cocky or anything, but I am saying I do feel like my way is, you know, a pretty a pretty good way to, to start out. I'm not saying it's the best, but I know it's definitely not the worst, and I know it I know it is good, uh, but, you know, it's just – Take take a little bit of this advice I'm giving you. I mean, if you don't take any of it, I mean, just take a little bit of it. And, you know, if it's not working out for you, I mean, you don't have to listen to me anymore. I mean, just give it a shot because it worked for me. And, you know, I'm giving out advice all the time. People message me on my personal page saying, how did you start up your, your, your team? And I'll, you know, I'll go into detail. I'll tell them, hey, you know, well, I mean, you just got to find somebody interested in it. I mean. Don't don't post, you know, job listings on Indeed or whatever because that's not a job. It's a hobby, okay? Now, you can put it on Facebook and be like, hey, I'm looking for some paranormal investigators. Anybody wants to join me? Yeah, right, do that. Right. And, you'll, and you'll get all kinds of responses from people. They might not okay. necessarily be the ones you want to investigate with, but you'll get all kinds of responses. Yeah, and, you know, you can you can even type up a little questionnaire form, you know, I mean that's that's how I started. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I mean, but before you can do that, you really need to start up a Facebook page and get you at least three to five hundred likes. And and some people think that you know that's that's difficult to do, which really it's not. Uh, and you know you got to spend money to 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 well the the original saying is you got to spend money to make money, but really I'm spending money to get more investigations. And you can actually boost the public and reach people that you wouldn't have reached before, uh, you know, from a target area or a target audience. And, you know, that gives people, you know, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it'll actually pop up in their newsfeed. 
uh, for the area that you boosted in. Um, so you can do that. You can connect with more people and, you know, get some more investigations out of it. So really you're paying for an investigation. Um, but, you know, if you're trying to get likes and, you know, get out there, it's it's worth it. Because uh, I've boosted several posts. I've boosted about two and then boosted the page one or two times. Uh, and each time about one to 200 likes, 200 likes max. Uh, off of you know boosting a page and then boosting a post, uh, you know you uh, you'll get likes here and there and some comments. Uh, but don't don't let people get you down. Don't let them rub your face in the dirt. Uh, you know there there's so many people that are completely against what you're doing and that you know don't want anything to do with it and want nothing more than to just pick at you for it. But don't don't let that discourage you because if you feel like you're doing it right. Or if you feel like you're doing something right and you enjoy it, stick with it. Absolutely. I, I think that's probably the best advice you could give somebody is, is just stick to it. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said earlier, make sure this is something you want to do before you spend thousands of dollars of equipment because you're not going to get that money back. You're not going to get anywhere near that money back. I mean, you, you buy a PSB7 for uh, – a PSB7 sells for right around $80. You're probably gonna get thirty dollars to forty dollars max. Right. Yeah, that's that's you know that that would be on a that'd be on a really good day. For yeah, sure. yeah, I mean you you got to think there's not that big of a market for this kind of stuff. I mean, sure you can find people out there that want it, but I mean you've got to look in the right places if you're gonna sell it. I mean you post on you know. Uh, wish or not wish, uh, but let go or whatever. People are like, "What is that? What does that yep. do? That is that a calculator? Is that a high tech calculator with an antenna?" They're not going to know. <laughs> what it is. And no, I mean, and you post, post, post the time if you could if you could post it on on like a paranormal group or something like that. That'd be your best case scenario. But most of them won't let you advertise stuff like yeah, that on there. I was actually just about to say something about that. Now, there are some that will. There are some specifically for selling paranormal equipment. Uh, and people that sell paranormal equipment be very cautious of them because they will cheat you out of money. And I hate to say that, but it is true. Uh, it's never happened to me, but, you know, I do know some people that they sent $500 to get uh, an SLS camera made from an Xbox 360 uh, Connect camera and a laptop and a grip. Uh, and the the software, five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars, and they never got their mm -hmm. camera. Uh, but you got to be very careful with that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good advice, sir. So, what, so what? What do you guys have coming up? What are What are your next investigations that y'all have on the board right now? Uh, well, I'm going to turn that over to Jessica and let her tell you a little bit about an investigation that she's actually setting up. Okay. Well, there I've got a, a friend. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but I've got a friend who um, there's a uh, courthouse in a place called Chambers County, Alabama. Um, and I got a friend who works over there, and he actually, we, we started talking, um, he reached out to me, you know, he, he saw that I was in the group, whatever, and um, 
and we we were discussing you know our different paranormal experiences and stuff and he started telling me about the courthouse and um i will actually email you a picture of it and it i mean dalton has seen it it looks i want to go investigate it so bad i cannot stand it 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 just it's got that whole just you know your typical creepy vibe but it's still it's like so historic looking anyway so i'm trying to get up with another paranormal group now chambers county alabama is on the georgia alabama state line it's um if you're looking at it's going to be obviously adjacent to uh auburn so it's a good little piece away from us it's about mm, three and a half hours from me i've never been there but supposedly the type of activity that they're having is from everything he's told me it sounds demonic and it's uh he said that the doors move. He's physically seen things uh, move on their own. Just all kinds of stuff that I could go into. Um, but I'll save it for if we can get this into motion. Um, I'll save that for when we do a live video. But it's actually, it's like I said, it's pretty historical. And I really want to do it like really, really, like I'm chomping at the bits to make this happen. I don't know why. There's something about, I don't know, out of everything that he and I, Dalton and I, and, you know, we've tried to get investigations, this is, like, one place that I want to go. And um, I told him, I said, look, you ain't got to worry about nothing. I said, I will take on making this happen. And so we would have to get, because it's a government building, we would have to get, you know, permission, obviously, to go inside, which would be really badass. We can do that because um, it's a pretty pretty decent sized building and it would take um all of us i mean we could heck we could get lost in it you know and do our own little mini you know birth sessions or whatever but we were actually there's a it's they're called i'm gonna give a shout out to them dark entity paranormal ken allen he is actually a dispatcher down there and um he has contacted us reached out to me about like us kind of joining forces and stuff and there's also like a whole bunch of other places down there um there's also been stories of occult activity um satanic rituals where they would sacrifice uh goats and hang the goat heads on, i believe it's a bridge he was telling me and it's there's a row i mean just creepy creepy stuff and it would have to be a whole weekend event um to do that and so i'm gonna see if we can you know um join forces with them to get that going and it's uh it's not as easy as a lot of you would think but because i mean you know we can't just drive almost four hours and show up down there and be like hey y'all um we want to investigate which is uh my friends down there you know there's a couple deputies in the area and that's the ones who actually told me about it and um i was like well hell let me i want you know let me let me do this um so yeah it's like you said it's it's there's a lot of moving parts to it i mean because we can't just show up and then everybody say we're gonna investigate your courthouse and you know it's so much so much has to line up the stars have to line up for everything to go smoothly because i mean it's a big trip for us and 
Would that be probably y'all's biggest investigation to date, you think? Uh, but yeah, it probably would be. Um, it, oh, I'm trying to think. That demonic investigation that we had, that we were supposed to have this past weekend, um, it was the one that we had the most set in stone. And so that would have been somewhat the most active. But as far as history and activity and the um, strength of the activity, you know, from me talking to him and talking to a couple other people about it, it yes, it would be the biggest one. Um, it's, uh, I don't even know. He, I think he told me when it was built, but I, I can't remember. But, it, I mean, it's like 1800s um, old. <laughs> so, like, I, I would go back through my messages, but I, I don't want to do that. But, yeah, I'm super excited about it, and I'm going to try and get that. Um, we're going to try to shoot. I would like to do it sometime in October because I believe we have some couple events coming up around Halloween, but I would love to make, like, a three-day investigation out of this, you know, do the courthouse and whatever else, and, um, because the person that told me about it is not, I wouldn't call them a skeptic, but, uh -huh. you know, when, now here's the thing, when you got a skeptic and you, and you just, some, like, you just know, it's just a feeling, it's a vibe, but with him, it's, I know, I can tell he's telling the truth, because with him telling me, you know, the things that he has seen in the, um, moving and hearing things, growls, uh, there was actually a story that circulated of one of the deputies, um, and I think he's no longer there, but he got scratched, and they had pictures of it, and just things moving, and, you know, like, just, I don't know. It just seems like it would be so eventful and like, just, I got to do it. And hopefully everything, like I said, can line up because I really want to do it. And they really want us, I mean, they want us to come down there and investigate. And it's, it's not like, you know, it was something that we, it wasn't our idea, it was their idea. You know, like, hey, you know, if y'all ever get the chance, you know, y'all should come investigate it. Like, I am down. I know Dalton's down. Um, well, and I mean, I pretty much put it to him like this. I said, you know what? I said, you may be the leader and I'm co-leader. I said, but this is one investigation that I want to go do. And whether you like it or not, like we're going. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just weird. I just feel so drawn to it. And that says a lot to me because, you know, typically you don't get I'm trying to see how to word that. Sometimes you don't get as drawn to an investigation as you do another one. And this one, I mean, just hearing everything, like, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like I need to go do it. And so if I have to hogtie Dalton up and the rest of the crew, I mean, we're going. Like, there you go. You're going to have investigations where you're like, no, I would be have to do this yeah, and this is this is the first one that, besides the one last weekend, just because of the magnitude of it. And I mean, I want, you know, I want to. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna sound like a newbie here for a second. Um, you know, I do want to at least once 
if not maybe twice or, you know, a few more times in my lifetime, I want to experience a demonic infestation. I want to experience it for different reasons just because it's something so powerful. And, you know, I want to, like I told Dawn, I'm like, you know, yeah, you got to go in there and be cautious, but I'm going, like, I want to go up in here and show this thing or things, you know, because it could be multiple, that I'm not afraid of it. And, you know, I'm not going to let you, I mean, you might, but I'm not going to let you screw with me mentally, physically, the best, the best that I can. Um, because these things don't belong here. They don't belong in you know, especially if something of that magnitude has the the ability to physically attack a person, then, you know, somebody's got to go in there and show it that they're not afraid of it and, you know, try their damnedest to get that thing to banish it back to hell where it belongs. I mean, they have no place on this earth. And especially attacking people mentally and physically like they can because people don't realize demons are powerful uh being and i guess you know and dalton hasn't talked to the guy um like i said i'm not going to mention his name just out of respect but dalton hasn't talked to him but i mean i've talked to him and like i said i don't i feel that he is being truthful uh 100 as far as his personal experiences i i mean he doesn't seem like the type and i mean i haven't known him all that long but it's just that feeling i get and you know, I don't want something attacking them and us going down there. You know, I want to try everything that we can. I mean, hell, we may get down there and it may be uh, a full-fledged uh, demon and they may need an exorcist. They may need an exorcism down there to, you know, so I just. Yep, but you don't, but you don't know until you get down there and you investigate. Exactly. I mean, they could be dealing with something that they have no idea how powerful it is. Um, and from what he's told me, it seems like it's pretty, pretty dominant. And because, um, I mean, it makes doors slam, uh, knocks things off. And I mean, another thing, it could also be, well, I don't really think it's a poltergeist because he has told me, you know, the guy was scratched three scratches, he, they've heard growls, they've heard, um, I can't remember if he told me they've heard creepy music or not, but, um, it's just, you know, that's your main, the scratches, the growls, the things moving, which, I mean, a spirit can move stuff, but, like, slam a door, and, you know, that's... Right, well, it's, it's a, it's a combination of all the things that, that can kind of lead you to start thinking that direction. Exactly, and he told me that, um, I can't remember if it's the, the top part of, it's because it's like a, oh, like two, three, not four stories, like two or three stories, and uh, it could be four, but the top part is where you feel a negative presence, is what he told me, and, you know, there's multiple witnesses that can validate that, and so... Obviously, it's inhabiting the top part, and I call first dibs on the top. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I want to go in here and, and do, like I'm, I'm not lying. Like I'm telling you, like this is this is one time until Dawn I put my foot down, and you know, 
I'm just really excited about it. I could go on and on about it, but. I'd love to, you know, you guys do that investigation, or if you are able to get into the house that has the demonic activity in it, I'd, I'd love to have you guys back on to, to talk about anything that y'all found, your experiences there, things like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I mean, anytime, anytime you want us back on, like, I'm down, I know Dalton is, and, you know, I just, I have a feeling that, you know, coming up in the next two or three months, which, you know, obviously the colder months is the best time to uh-huh. investigate. But I just feel like, you know, which we, we've got a couple of, you know, leads here and there. And it's just, you know, we have to weed out the ones that are not going to be worth. Is it that's not worth investigating? And I don't mean it like that, but I'm saying, you know, because as we said 18,000 times, it takes a lot to prepare for the investigation. I mean, a lot. And we don't want to waste our time, and we don't want to waste their time. So we want to make sure that it's going to be something worthwhile. You know, we may go somewhere, and these people, you know, they say this and this and this, and they have sent us evidence, and we may get down there, and we may not capture nothing. You know what I mean? We may not get a single thing, which is possible. Um, so it's just, it's a gamble. With the paranormal, it's a huge gamble, and uh-huh. it's, you know, you just have to, you have to weed out what's real and what's not, and that's what we're here to do is, you know, to debunk everything, and I know that's one of, um, you were talking about philosophies earlier, that's one of his, Dalton's biggest things is, you know, you want to weed out everything that you can because you don't want to present false evidence to them, like, we don't want to be known for that, we don't. You know, we don't want to be like blow into the uh, recorder and be like, oh, somebody breathed. Did you hear that? You know, we don't want to be like that. And I know there are some groups out there that do uh, manipulate evidence. I mean, it's just. Well, they, they, they grasp at every little thing that, that they can yeah. find. Yeah. And it's. it's um. I'd rather have three or four really, really good, high quality pieces of evidence me personally, that have three or four hundred pieces of junk. That's just exactly. me. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate you guys being on the show. Uh, you guys are absolutely the best. I know we've had some connection issues and some audio problems and all kinds of circus things happening around us, and you guys have been absolute troopers with this. Um, well, folks, how, how they can get in touch with you guys, where y'all can connect with folks uh, online, things like that, real quick. Uh yeah, uh they can uh they can email us at southern souls That's all over or I'm sorry, Southern Souls Paranormal at gmail dot com. Uh that's all overcase, no spaces. Uh but the best way to contact us is either through our page, uh you can find us on Facebook, Southern Souls Paranormal, or you can call me personally, uh at my phone number which is listed on the page. And I'll give my phone number too. Um probably shouldn't do this but it'll be all right i've changed it like several times before so it won't won't hurt nothing but mine is um 205-570-3500 and the reason i give it is because sometimes dalton doesn't have service and i have a better service than he does in most areas so there you go and you can also reach out to us on our personal facebook pages it's um dalton jones and then 
mine is Jessica Vick, and that's V is in Victor, I-C-K, you know, in case you, or whatever. And um, also, you know, there's Walker and Sean, Sean South, Walker Gibson, you know, hey, I mean, don't be afraid to um, contact us about any questions you have or any, you know, even if you have a potential, um, if you have potential activity going on your home, shoot us a message. I mean, we're not judgmental at all. That's what we're here for. We're here to um, help you guys. And, you know, like he said earlier, I mean, we travel as far as Tennessee and Georgia and Mississippi, all over Alabama and hopefully soon uh, Florida and even maybe, you know, as far as Kentucky and the Carolinas and Arkansas. I mean, you never know what the future holds. And that's that's one thing I would like for us to do is um, because, number one, I love to travel. I can't sit still long enough. Most people think I'm a crackhead naturally because, like, I just – I'm always full of energy. I mean, Dalton can tell you, like, except for earlier today, I'm, I was tired, but – I mean, I'm always on the go, always doing something. So it would be really, really cool if we could start, like, getting investigations in other states and, you know, get our name out there and get our group out there and, um, you know, help as many people as we can throughout the southeast. And um, I don't know if he mentioned this, but we're one of the top five groups in Alabama. Um, so, I mean, and that says a lot. That's. You know, that's not just from promoting. That's the, the type of service that Dalton gives. And, you know, he's very he's very humble. Like you said, he's not in this for fame. I mean, none of us are. But, I mean, if it happens, it happens. You know, you just kind of go with the flow of things. And mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, doing these interviews and doing, doing this and that, I mean, it does help us get out there because if we – if nobody knows about us, then we can't get investigations, and we can't do what we love, and we can't help people, and, I mean, it just goes on and on, but, so, that would be a really cool thing to me, is if we could, you know, go to other places, and go, you know, and I'm always about meeting new people, I love it, like, there, nobody's a stranger to me, like, I'll talk to a tree all day long, or a fire hydrant, I mean, nobody, nothing is a stranger to me. And so it's just, you know, and, and also meet other people who are in the paranormal world and hear their experiences and, you know, um, swap stories around the campfires, so to speak, and, you know, look at their evidence, show them our evidence and everything. And that's like a network, build a network. And because, you know, the paranormal, paranormal world can sort of be somewhat competitive. And we're not trying to be competitive against other groups we're here to do what we love um because i mean we got into this for a reason dalton started this when he was 15 i mean what 15 year old is thinking about paranormal group i mean they're you know video games and this and this and this what a teenager does i mean that says volumes for a young man like him to be starting a group that has come such a long way in three years and, you know, he's still 18, and it's still, it's like, you know, you got to, that's, that's, that's like inspiring, because it's like, you know, he's doing what he loves, and it's, you know, don't think just because you, your situation is what it is right now, you can't do it, and growing up, like, like I was talking about earlier, you know, I've always had a love for the paranormal, a passion for it, actually, and I'll be 28 in November, and it's, I've always wanted to meet people that share the same interests 
is me, and it's been so difficult to find that. And, you know, I found Southern Soul Paranormal, and it's like I fit right in at home. And it's just, it really is a huge blessing. I mean, it it is a huge blessing. And I finally feel like I belong in something, and, like, I can do what I love and what I enjoy. And it's not just a hobby. It's, you know, it's part of my life now, and it's going to be part of my life. And I hope I hope it's part of my life for years to come. And, you know, whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. And I hope it's nothing but good things for everyone. And, you know, that's just my thing. I'm, I know I'm I'm preaching, but, you know, take no, you're, no, you're No, you're actually, it's, the, that's exactly the mindset that I love to hear from people. Uh, and, you know, what, what you said about Dalton, yeah, he's, he's a young guy. Dalton, we're going to talk about you like you aren't here. But um, <laughs> uh, you know he's he's a young guy, but but the thing is, is he he knows what what he wants out of life, and he knows where where he wants to go, and he's building something, and that that says, like you said, that speaks volume about about what he's doing and what you guys are doing, and I I hope you guys succeed in creating a huge network across the south because uh, you know there are folks out there that need the kind of help that you guys provide for sure. Oh, that's okay. Do you guys, uh, one last thing, and I'm not even sure if you guys have anything or not. Do y'all have anything where folks can support you guys, like T-shirts, hats, bumper oh, stickers, anything like that? Yeah. yeah um, we, uh, Jessica, do you want to you wanna say it? Yeah. Um, okay, so we actually, since, since, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but that's before I, I need to say this before I lose it. Um, so, yes, we have shirts. They are uh, small through XL is fifteen dollars, and then um, the larger sizes go up a dollar, I believe. We have a PayPal, and it's on our page, or you can message us individually, however you feel comfortable doing it, and we will send you the link. Um, if you are local, we can meet you locally because I think it's like two dollars shipping. But if you, you know, if if you're if you're pretty local, we can meet you somewhere, save you a couple dollars. I'm, I'm all about saving money. I, I'm sure everybody else is listening to this. But, um, and we also, we do have um, bumper stickers. We do have, um, I actually can get some made. Um, there's no, it, that's not set in stone yet, but that is a huge, huge possibility. Um, you'll just have to follow our page to uh, keep up with that. And um, hopefully we will have some soon. But as far as T-shirts go, yes, we've got some. And we may have more different designs in the future once we can kind of see how it goes and, you know, the um, response that we get from it. Because obviously you don't want to, you know, make something and then it not get sold or whatever. So it's kind of, you know, y'all just stay tuned. We got stuff coming up in the future. But, um, yes, shirts are available. Go to our uh, Facebook page, Southern Soul Paranormal. Um, shoot us a message. Tell us your size and how many you want. And we will hook you up, like, straight up hook you up. Um, and if you do want to buy a sticker, we can, um, we can get you one made. Uh, but that will be, we will have to discuss price, and, or Dalton and I will talk about it and stuff. But um, they, that is a possibility. So, y'all just stay tuned for that, and, but yes, 
we will actually, when I get off here, I will go back to the page and I will make a new post about the shirts so that they don't have to, you know, scroll through and all that. Because I know sometimes it gets old scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on Facebook. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I get carpal tunnel in my thumbs, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, I, again, I appreciate y'all being on the show. It has been incredible talking to you folks. Y'all are doing great work. And uh, definitely, definitely stay in touch. Okay, guys? All right. Sure thing. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we will talk to y'all later. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye, y'all. Bye. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, I would like to thank Dalton and Jessica for being willing to sit down with us for quite a while and have such a great conversation. They are absolute rock stars. And be sure to check them out uh, at Southern Souls Paranormal on Facebook. That's Southern Souls Paranormal on Facebook. And we've also got some links to their pages and also if you guys get a chance they do have some merchandise for sale some t-shirts and things like that and we're going to have a link to that in the show notes show them some support and uh you know they're really high quality t-shirts if you want a t-shirt there's an order uh process that again we have links to in the show notes check that out if you would and also if you are on facebook be sure to check out our facebook page at true paranormal the podcast give us a like and be sure to share your experiences we're going to be getting back to sharing your guys's experiences on some future broadcasts and we have some other treats coming up for you folks if you're listening to us on itunes be sure to give us a rating and a review and make sure to subscribe and let us know that you're out there you guys are some of the best audience in uh, podcasts, and we get really good responses from you guys. We love hearing from you folks. Uh, speaking of responses, we're also on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, be sure to give us a shout out on there and give us a like or a follow or however you want to describe that thing on Twitter. But just follow us, and that way we know that you guys are out there. We do a lot of interactions with folks on Twitter, and it's a great tool for us to get real time back and forth with you guys. That being said, this is Leo Rizzuti. I would like to thank you guys for joining us this week and every week. Be sure to join us again next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast.